Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. What a wild market we're at. The S&P 500 is hovering right around 5,000. The 10-year note is at 415. It seems like everything is backwards. Wasn't it like two weeks ago, everybody was talking about rates going down. Rates, I think the 10-year got to like 3.83 or something, and now it's up at 415. It's just a wacky, wacky world. Let's figure out what's going on in mortgage with Dustin from Convoy Home Loans. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I, I wit, you know, there, let me say it this way. There will be a day or a week where rates don't go haywire. That ain't this week. <laughs> it wasn't last week, but it will eventually happen again. That much I'm sure, but I just don't know when. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And, and to say heading into this week, you thought it was going to be a somewhat calm you know, calm watered week because there really wasn't much on, on the schedule. Right. I know we obviously have uh inflation. I think it's next uh Tuesday, CPI Tuesday. Tuesday 13th, right? Is that Tuesday? Correct. Um so a lot of uh you know speculation into what that'll do to rates. But yeah, going into this week, we we were not expecting a on the non-QM side, we've seen rates go up 25, 30 basis points because we're actually tracking pretty closely right now day in day out just like conventional is on the non-qm oh, side wow. so we're moving uh at paces that i'm normally not accustomed to per se um, yeah and let's let's remind people right fast. conventional conventional rates move every day really they can move several times a day non-qm yeah. historically has not really been a daily mover is that fair 100 percent true so the fact that it's moved to daily mover should tell you all you need to know what's going on in the mortgage market. Yeah, and and one thing to that we always talk about, right? Non-QMs getting bought and sold on Wall Street, they tend to be a little bit more forward-looking than kind of knee-jerk reacting like conventional or FHA government pricing does. But a lot of times Wall Street stands still because they believe that they are actually whatever you know, their speculation on rates will be is true and they feel comfortable about holding it there for a longer time. Right now, they don't. And yeah. you can see, you know, yeah. market traders are like, well, we okay, maybe we do have to believe the feds because they've said it about nine times that we're not ready to cut rates. <laughs> yeah, possible. they haven't changed. They're yeah. pretty consistent. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, um, Again, rates are up, like it, lock it. I think it's something we've been preaching for six or nine months easy. Um, I'm actually I've actually heard some some stories about folks that were betting the other way, so they didn't lock. And you know, now they're like, Ugh. like be careful out there. No, and, and it's it's frustrating because I've had that conversation with a handful of clients in the last about two weeks that wanted to ride the wave of rates are going to be a lot lower you know, in the next couple weeks or month. And these were clients that I had that I couldn't convince. And that's maybe my fault, but maybe not because I always let the client decide ultimately, right? Yeah. Uh, that we had loans basically ready to go 
to closing, had docs ready to go. I even called them. There's three people that I called last Wednesday when we Ooh. saw the five-year and the 10-year drop yeah. down to like 38385 okay and i was like yep, look i remember we're good I, I there's no really you know point in my opinion to go ahead and float it any longer we've seen kind of the resistance yeah. level about 4 and 41 is not where we want to get to and now one of them called me late last night ready to go i'm like well you know we're doing a dscr loan we had to be above one for this particular lender now all of a sudden you're getting sixty thousand less cash than when i called you on wednesday so you I, know, I, want I want to say that again i want i want to i want because you just said that like that's like most people get it so this is a dscr loan it's it's it basically at you know when the 10 year was at three eight you could get them an extra 60 grand now, because there's a DSCR loan, because the interest rate's higher, you can only, you can, they're going to end up with 60 grand less, which means equity in the building is bigger and more, I mean, depending on a refire or cash or purchase, but that's four freaking business days. Exactly. So be careful, folks. Yeah. And one thing to put on top of that is like, you need to be working with a professional that does follow the market like that. We've said that a bunch. But when you're also at the beginning stages, like shopping, you have to do. We, we're not saying don't do that. But when you shop, make sure you're comparing apples to apples, not terms I'm talking about, but literally the same day. If you get a quote from me or a quote from another lender on Monday, and then you speak to me on Friday, don't compare those quotes. Those are so oh. far you know, off because of what's obviously going on. You can see in this week, a 30 basis point movement. It's wild this week. So the, one of the things that most people will think about is rates. The thing that I actually look about, and I talked about way back when in my first book, is I think there's two markets that once you get to be a decent investor, you track. One is obviously the real estate, aka housing market, but the other is the lending market. So I am curious what's going on in the lending, aka risk. Are lenders raising LTVs, right? Did maybe they got nervous and they went to 65. Now they're at 70 or 75. Are uh, DSCR loans that were okay at 1.1, are they going to one? Or are they going up to 1.25? Where are lenders on the risk curve getting, accepting more risk or less risk? So you would assume, right, based on the kind of wacky week that we've had with rates going up and, and kind of the concern of uh, speculation that nobody really knows when the feds are going to cut, that the risk levels from the lender side of you would be reduced, right? Okay. But we've seen the opposite. Now, I'm not the biggest you know, proponent that this is the way that the industry should be going right now, mm -hmm. but a lot of it was once rates took a pretty massive drop in December at the end of December because of the speculation on what the feds were going to do in 2024, everybody was like, all right, it's game time. Let's start rolling out, you know, less uh, less of a hit on if your DSCR is below one. Let's start rolling out, you know, bridges that go up to 92, 95% if you want with rehab. Wait, 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 wait. Bridge debt to 92? On the loan to cost, sometimes 95, which is wild because we haven't had that in oh, about two forever. and a half or three years. Yeah. And, wow. you know, the riskiest investment, as you saw from the, you know, retail bank collapses is, I'm not going to say it's bridge specifically, but any type of heavy rehab, ground up construction. Oh, yeah, that's it's risky. time, time, like development time and loan time. That is not a good combination. 
And to give them now more <laughs> leverage so that they're even now on a tighter, you know, window and not just with time, but a tighter equity play that yeah. they have to now fix and flip this on is, is um, a bit surprising, but you know, well, let's, I, well, let's, I just, play, let's play with that a little bit. Cause I agree with you. My knee jerk reaction would have been the market's crazy. Let's be more conservative. That's where I think my head would have gone. But what you're saying now is they're being less conservative. So let's play with that. What happened in January? I think one thing happened in January that I've been waiting for, and I've actually called out that banks, banks will look at this as, you know, like it's go time. And that was finally the Fed saying we're done hiking. Yeah. And I think that happened in January. At the Fed meeting in January, Jerome Powell yeah. essentially said we're at the terminal rate. Up until that point, including the December meeting, it was like, well, you know, we might got to go one more time. That's gone. So, and I think you're actually seeing that in the spread. I think the spread has gone from over 300 basis points to like 275. Correct. Uh, and might even be coming in from there. So maybe, maybe actually what we're seeing is just some banks getting a jump on that going, okay, the Fed, we know where the terminal rate is. So we don't have any upside risk. Now it's all downside. Because the, the other thing I think we can all say with confidence is the next move is lower. The problem is we don't know when. Exactly. Right? But the next move is lower. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it makes sense. It's certainly not my area of expertise, but it's it's, it's interesting to think about. So from, in my opinion, from a business standpoint, if you're the one that's sitting at the, you know, bank or lenders, actual board of managing your balance sheet, your company's balance sheet, right. it does right. not make sense to be more risky in this environment right now. What I think okay. honestly happened, okay, is FOMO. A lot of people use that, but the fear of missing out amongst lenders because they're seeing their competitors now all of a sudden start rolling out, you know, more leverage, higher leverage programs, reducing the floor rate on their rate sheet, right? To, to be able to advertise, hey, yeah. 4.8 FHA, don't read the disclaimer, big, big 4.8 FHA, right? Yeah, big number, little disclaimer. <laughs> that is what I think has driven everything. And because we've seen uh, a lot of spinoffs, of companies, M&As of companies that now, let's say six months to 12 months ago were silent, radio silent. They jacked their rate sheets up 2% so no volume would come through, right? Right, right. They yeah. kind of fixed their problems. And then they roll out all these new higher leverage, lower floor rate products. And the people that have been here, the lenders that have been here for the last year and a half still surviving are looking at them like, now you're taking away our business that we had to control on. So now we need to do the same. And I don't think it's, um, you know, a coincidence that this all happened, right, from basically the middle end of December to where we are now. But now most of the lenders that did that are thinking, shoot, I probably should not have. And I, I would be, let's see what our video is in three months from now mm -hmm. to see if all these higher leverage rate products are still there. I don't think they will be. We'll see. That's my, uh, that's my prediction. Well, I, th I think that logically makes sense. So let me, let me kind of translate what you said to a novice 
understanding because you're in the industry you see it all yeah sorry <laughs> no it's it's great i love it that's why we're here we want to see we want to get the inside baseball so what i think you're saying is kind of last summer there was uh, a lot of pain in your industry so a lot of people had loan products or portfolios they couldn't sell they were taking discounts they basically had to stop lending so how they did that is they raised rates so the the flow or whatever you guys call it would stop yep their outcome was likely a sale or acquisition or whatever to some other stronger balance sheet entity. That those transactions happened, some closed their doors, blah, 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 blah. Now you get to December, there's new entrance with new strength with no pipeline. So what do you do when you have no pipeline? You cut price. You advertise like crazy. You generate interest. Now, the people that were strong through the summer are looking at December going, where the hell did this come from? Where, what are these? These people are undercutting me. Where, what, you know, what happened? And then, I don't know, competitive instincts, you match or get close or whatever. And now we're like into Q1 and we're like, this doesn't feel great. Where, where, where's the margin and risk <laughs> profile? Do I have that kind of, do I have all that right? No, and that that's, all the way that you explained it, you know, to the the novice listener is exactly how I would have tried to communicate it. I may have just been a little too enthusiastic using, you know, specifically mortgage uh, industry expert lingo. Um, but that that's you know one hundred percent true. Um, you know the the one thing that I've seen that that a lot of I would say consumers and even other brokers out there that don't do. I'm not trying to beat my chest here, but maybe the volume or the, the relationships that we have with certain hedge funds on Wall Street or life insurance groups, et cetera. A common theme that I have seen is, so let's say a year ago or even two years ago, I knew another you know bank or lender that was selling a certain product to an investor. And I would go to my investor and be like, look, they're sending these types of loans at this leverage with this sort of spread and this type of rate. What can we get? you know, to, to map so that I can offer the same thing, right? Seven out of 10 times when I did that a year ago or two years ago, I was like, F off, right? Like, oh. figure it out. We'll take what we already agreed to buy from yeah. you in this box. Yep. Stick to that or we won't buy the loan. I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, that's fine. We'll yeah. figure it Understand, out. Understand, Mr. Customer. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> now... Anytime I try and, you know, tell one of my investors that we sell these loans to, now these are, you know, billion dollar companies, multi-billion yeah. dollar companies that really shouldn't be dealing with people like me. But <laughs> ultimately, now when I show them a sheet saying, look at this buy box and look at the rates they're getting, can we sell this type of loan to you? It's a one day underwrite it, boom, sign off, here you go. Interesting. So again, that's I don't the, know the FOMO industry, part though. I'm tying yeah. together. The competitiveness, like we, okay, they're doing that. Yeah, we can do that because like you said, their margin, their spread that they have yeah. is still really comfy Beefy. and juicy for that. Yeah. Right? And at the end of the day, a big juicy spread with no flow means nothing. So what I hear you saying is there's so much competitive juices around this float that they'll take a five basis point cut just to increase the flow rate. Cause again, it's flow times spread equals profit. Yeah. 
I get it now. Interesting. And I don't love it because, look, it takes away my, because like you said, I was doing well, in my opinion, compared to the rest of the industry in no question. the middle of summer, right? Yeah, you were one, you were, I, again, we've talked about it. The industry saw a 50 to 60% haircut. The strong would survive, which Convoy uh, clearly did. So yeah, you were, you were, look, you were, I don't know, the top quartile easily in the industry, if not the top 10%. And then you get this wake up call in Q4. It's like, where these guys come from? Exactly. So now all of my, uh, you know, the, and I see it just, I don't know the numbers. I don't, I don't keep track of this and it'd be hard to, but the amount of shopping that I get done when I'm speaking to the a client for the first time saying, look at all these other offers I got. I got this one that's, you know, a thousand dollars less that I was priced out two weeks ago. This one's got 0.1 yeah. load. That didn't exist. Six months. No, you ago were it. Because there was you were the only, else doing it. No, you were the only option. You were the yeah. only game in town. That is yeah. really interesting. So again, kind of playing the future here, which is sometimes where <laughs> I like to play. What you're basically saying is, what I think you're saying is, this is probably going to be a like a caffeine high. They're going to go get the share. They're going to increase the flow, and then this has to stop. Like ninety five percent of loan to cost in a one year bridge debt freaking new construction or re heavy remodel that just doesn't feel right to me i mean just 95 like where did where do you hear the number 95 in the mortgage industry okay first time home buyer fha or uh, yeah, you want government. to get those people Go, in, yeah. right yeah government loans yeah. your your primary totally residence cool. totally we cool. want yeah be able to have a lower barrier for entry to be a homeowner which yeah. our government wants yes. you're doing an investment and you got no skin in the game and you expect to turn this around in 12 like that's right yeah, you got a 500k remodel <laughs> you've yeah. never done one before oh this feels messy man this feels messy oh yeah dude. uh so again let's just we got a little bit of time left let's talk about next week uh because next week we have cpi tuesday the 13th uh i actually think cpi is going to come in uh, in a, you know, I think the last, last time was like three, two or three, three, something like that. It might come down to three, uh, all because of the base effect. Although oil has been up the last four days. So we got it, you know, the, it's been going up, but rent's got to roll over. Shelter's got to roll over. I, I, I think yeah. Tuesday, I think Tuesday could be another interesting day in mortgage. It's a, uh, yeah, I'm not nervous about it. I'm just so used to it now with <laughs> exactly. what's, what's going to happen, right? Uh, it does feel like a straight coin toss for me. Um, I think, I th and I correct me if I'm wrong, you know this better than me, but yeah. I think last year we had this same situation and it kind of played into the jobs reports last week where a lot of these numbers you might have to take with a grain of salt no uh, because of the seasonal, you know, portion of the numbers yeah. that we're getting, which yeah. is going to be the rollover, right? Anytime you're going from December of the high season, which is why we probably had so many jobs, right, to now January, those inflation numbers, I don't know what it was last year. But if I recall, or I think I, I, I'm right, okay, we had it a lot lower than expected. CPI came lower, which was the good thing that the market wanted, right? But that was a, a, a portion of the reason was because of the seasonality of the report yeah. that we're getting. 
Yeah, the whole base effect thing. And again, last year we were rolling off or getting rolling off some of the highest number ever um, as far as the base effect or the spread. It's yeah. um, I don't think there's any question that that inflation's heading lower, uh, although we do have to watch oil. Uh, you know, oil and energy is in everything. Uh, the Fed focuses on corn, which is obviously X oil, X food. Um, yeah, I think Tuesday is going to be an interesting day. I, I, I just I think the Fed's going to get more ammunition that inflation's coming in and the job market is still strong, at least based on their kind of backwards looking numbers. And we're going to hear we're going to hear a lot more talk of soft landing, I think, starting Tuesday. So uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, and, and I'll just say it uh, again that we say all the time, but mortgage rates right now, if you want to know what's going on with mortgage rates, sure, you can look at the five and the 10 year, right? But they're going to follow essentially what the market is speculating the feds are going to do with rate cuts and why is inflation important for mortgage rates? Because that'll tell us whether the feds believe we are due for a rate cut sooner than expected or it's going to be longer than expected. So that's what we'll see on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, if inflation goes up, the chances of a May rate cut got to go to zero, right? March is already off the table, folks. It's not happening. Yeah. Uh, but if inflation goes up, not my call, but if inflation does go up, you could take May and probably take June off the table. Um, yep. But if inflation crashes and let's just pretend for a moment it shows 2.9, we could talk about a May rate cut, right? It's, it's, what are the odds right now in May? I know it went down a little bit, but like 50 or 60, I think. Yeah, now. I think it's like 50. I think I checked this morning, 53 or 54. So basically a coin toss for May. Yeah. And then what's crazy, just hearing this come out of your mouth, because we spoke about this two months ago, maybe May, maybe June. Two months ago, everyone was like, Four to six March. rate cuts. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> like, nope, not tight. happening. Sit tight. Yeah. So it's it's um, I mean the the biggest thing I've in terms of overall learned just from being in the industry for so long is look, the the feds nobody knows what they are doing, and even if the market is trying to tell you that they think it's going to be headed some way, you cannot take that and bet your investments, especially on real estate, like floating a, a, a rate lock or holding out on buying just because of that only. Absolutely. At the end of the day, folks, we're going to be talking every week. Also, uh, you're going to be in Vegas. You're coming out to Vegas for the event. So uh, we will yeah. see you there. Uh, Dustin, if somebody wanted to reach out, get a quote, compare, contrast, see what's what, how do they do that? Yeah, go to uh, convoyhomeloans.com and please mention that you came from ORAP. There's a special little drop down just for you guys that says came from ORAP. And if you don't know what that means, that means you get to talk with Bustin and or his partner, Jonathan. If you don't say ORAT, you're going to get one of the minions. Yeah, I'd look, rather deal with about, it. <laughs> there's, they, they can filter through and they have, and I've said that in the past, you know, we've got 40 other people here, so... Make sure it's me or John. <laughs> there you go. They will take care of you one rinse at a time. You're amazing, man. We'll see you in Vegas. Thanks, Mike. Later.